0: Money FM 89.3, best of weekends.
1: We've got a, a fun story now about shopping malls. Who doesn't love a good shopping mall? In Singapore, it seems like every time you turn around, a new one is being built somewhere. Yes. Uh, And um, we've got some folks on now uh, who were involved in a book called The Singapore Mall Generation. And uh, it's a memory that a lot of folks have uh, growing up here, especially in the 80s, 90s, uh, going into Thompson Plaza and other places around that that were well known for their malls. Let's bring on now our two guests. Uh, to talk about it this new book the Singapore mall generation edited by KK Dr KK Liu and also Wee Lee Lin who is a contributor to the book as well good morning and welcome to Money FM Hi, good morning, Glenn and Neil. Thanks for having us on today. Uh, good morning. Uh, hi, Lynn. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thanks.
2: Uh, okay, great, good. great.
0: Well, let's start with Dr. Liu. <laughs> I, I think this is a fantastic synopsis for a book, The Singapore Mall Generation. Just yeah. give us an overview what it's about first, uh, Doctor, and uh, why you wanted to write it.
3: Okay, so basically I want to show that like, even like... Ordinary retail spaces here have like meanings and heritage. And I think a lot of us, um, I think Singaporeans grew up um, during the 70s, 80s, and 90s in these uh, spaces. Uh, in fact, I actually knew someone who. Uh spent her preschool in the mall and grew up and became a teacher a uh, preschool teacher in the same mall as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it shows that you know it it, it journeys with um, uh, people collectively in their yeah. in their various stages of life you know?
1: You know, there have been so many changes in the malls over the years. And Leland, let's go to you. You're a contributor on this. You're mm-hmm. a, a filmmaker here. You did, yeah. you did the film Centerpoint Kids and Gone Shopping. Mm-hmm. So many changes in the mall, well, in malls in Singapore. But is there, has there been a change in the mall culture? I still see lots of kids hanging out in the malls. They're not necessarily causing trouble like maybe they might have in decades past. But they're certainly still mm-hmm. in the malls, right? I mean, that hasn't changed. Totally,
2: Totally. And I think it's a lot to do with, you know, Singaporean culture and also our weather. Um, Mm. You know, I think weather plays a big part. And and also, I I think just in terms of what's available for us as a form of entertainment or reprieve, right? It's really the malls and, and they keep building more of it. I think the big change that I see is really the popularity of Orchard Road. You know, I think that when I was growing up and when, you know, in our generation, I think all of us are Gen Xers, right? So during our generation, Oops. Orchard Road was, uh, yeah. uh,
1: Maybe I'm a little bit beyond that. But anyway, carry on. I'll be, I'll be yeah. a Gen <laughs> X for today. He'll take the compliment. He'll take the <laughs> compliment, all, we're shamelessly. We're You're my favorite guest today. <laughs> oh, uh,
3: we're all Gen
2: Xers. And, and I think that Orchard Road was really the place, you know. Yep. And I went to school in Emerald Hills um, at uh, oh, at did? school at Emerald Hill. yes, I did, oh. and and you know school was really draconian in the eighties, and the only escape that I had was to go to Centerpoint, in you know just before school and sometimes after school to read magazines to look at the Centerpoint kids, and I know like you were saying that yeah they were so called troublemakers, but I saw them as these real fashionistas, and they represented these small kids represented something that I couldn't be. You know, yeah. that I, and this very oppressive, you know, kind of draconian upbringing, <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. no, um, and, and so on. And that's why I wanted to make the film Point Kids kind of like a, a, a celebration, um, you know, of them because I felt they were so shamed in Singapore history. But I felt that they were these fashionistas and they were really like capturing the essence of what it should be like to grow up as a teenager, you know, which is too expressive, which is to be a little bit crazy. And to 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 have fun, you know, um, and and I never really saw that anymore over the years, you know. Although some friends have said, "Oh, you know, there are these like kind of fashionista kids, like the one kids coming back," but.
0: I haven't seen it yet. Kai kun let me come to you for a moment. You know, I was struck by your book for several reasons. Recently, I was watching whatever season it was of Stranger Things, which, of course, is a global phenomenon. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm. And it's, I think it's the third season when they open the new shopping mall. And it sounds really obvious now, but I was watching it with my wife and thinking, you forget the the shopping mall phenomenon as we know it today only really started in the 80s you know there were malls before that but they were smaller and piecemeal but the mall phenomenon as we know it today has only happened in our lifetimes mm. and as you as growing up in singapore yourself what do you think the impact had on Singapore because in some ways it was more profound than other countries because of the air conditioning for a start, very important but what do you think it had, what impact did the shopping mall phenomenon have on Singapore?
3: I think it. Sort of heritage, uh, I mean, really the age of modernity for most Singaporeans. I mean, they have like supermarkets before, like, the, you know, John Litter, Fitzpatrick yep. Robertson's in the colonial ages. But they were really for very small uh, niche um, uh, market, you know, the the, the the upper classes, the elites, you know. But the more democratized the entire experience. You know, when Yohan opened in Plaza Singapore in 1974, like within which there were about a million people who actually frequented the new uh, premise. So not forgetting that Singapore back in the 70s had only 2 million people. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, probably everyone went, you know, and um, escalators, leaves, you know, they were kind of the new kinds of living and lifestyles Hmm. um, of, of new forms of urbanization that I think the entire population has never had. And for youths growing up, you know, those were the transformative places as well that redefined the kind of modern lifestyle, uh, a, a, a new fashion. Uh, you know, I, I read in the Straits Times in the past, right, like um, for youths hangout, out, you know, they don't want to pick like Jurong or Top Ayo. You know, those are like unglamorous parochial places. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the places that... We, people wanted, and especially to, to, for us to go down, it's like five Plaza, you know, or a um, standpoint, the Rapid City, and not forgetting in those days, right? If you want to get a latest um, music album, there was no Spotify. Mm, uh, sure. you have to go down yeah. to, to the like record store, NB, Tower Records, yeah. the record shop, yeah. you know, books as well. Um, times have changed, but those days, those were the converging places, and before the days of Tinder and social media. Um, going to Fife Plaza, watch
1: your Instagram and look like, you know, the of
0: yourself. Yeah. We we're, actually we're, met real
1: people. Exactly. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. We're talking yeah. to Dr. KK Liu, the editor of the Singapore Mall Generation, and Lee Lin, Li Lin, who is a contributor to that book and also a filmmaker, of course, of the films Centerpoint Kids and Gone Shopping. Uh, Lee Li Lin, we lost you there, uh, your, yeah. your sound for just a minute. Uh, let, let's move forward, though. It's funny because because uh, Kai couldn't just mention this uh, this idea of socialization, right? This is the place where, before the internet, uh, we went to find uh, records, we yeah. went to find love, we went to find food, we went to get out of the heat and the rain, and people not from our background as well. And, and yeah, just this yeah. general mixing. When you looked yeah. at Centerpoint Kids and Gone Shopping, there, you know, there were there was a time when they were the kids were, uh, you know, uh, caught uh, fighting and doing. Yeah. There was that kind of social upheaval. Uh, yeah. How, what was the what was the basis of all of that, and and do we see any of that behavior lingering these days?
2: Well, you know, for me because I wasn't a center point kid myself, I was just an observer. You know, I, I think it's that's just youth. You know, I mean, that's just young people getting up to hijinks. You know, and that's part of growing pains. So of course, mm. some of the crimes were quite serious. I know that there was actually a murder. That took place, um, you know, amongst um, the point kids. But you know, for by and large, you know, it was really I felt that it was a, a form of expression. And like, like, uh, and you know, like Dr. KK said it was really, you know, they just wanted to be seen, and they didn't even take pictures of themselves. I think just being there, being able to be seen, and being able to be appreciated for what they felt like they wanted to say, you know, which was making a statement like, "I'm here." You know, this is the music I love because whatever they loved in terms of fashion and music, they were wearing it. You know, yeah. and then there was also break dancing. They were also break dancing in the car park. This I found out only later when oh. I was researching, because I never ventured to the car park. And then from when I did my research and I interviewed one or two former CP kids, they said there were huge dance offs in the car parks, and so that was something that I wanted to capture in my film. But I, I think in terms of this, like lingering for lack of a better word, hooliganism. You know, I think it's it's just that's just you know that's just part of life. You know, mm. I mean, and and I think in Singapore we get we get kind of very uptight about it, and and, and I, I think sometimes we need a different approach as to being punitive. That we should just try to be more understanding that this is just part of growing up, and, and let's not even talk about growing up. The hooligans come in all ages. <laughs> and,
3: mm, <yeah>. you know,
2: <laughs> you know, people want to beat each other up or get into fights for all kinds of reasons and of all age groups. So I feel like the Centrepoint kids had a really bad rep at that time. And, you know, I mean, there were flashes and molesters all around my school. And, but for some reason, my school and I felt the authorities were fixated on demonizing the Centrepoint kids. And I think because they represented rebellion and people yeah. can't handle that in Singapore. They can't handle this
0: aspect of rebellion. But uh, Kai Koon, on that point, you know, I'm fascinated by this book, uh, The Singapore Moor Generation, because I see it also... The the Moor culture, particularly in the 80s and early 90s, was almost like this anthropological experiment, like a Desmond Morris text, because you know, we we are tribal by nature yeah, as a species. Yeah. We're all mammals, so we're tribal by nature. We go to our our gangs, our kampongs, our kakis, whatever it may be. And and I, I suspect you saw that playing out a bit in the mall phenomenon, that this school would go to that mall and this gang and this group would go to that mall. I mean, did that play out in the Singapore mall phenomenon in the 80s and 90s? Oh, yes,
3: yeah, definitely. and still playing out um, more recently. So in the past, I mean, actually the, the, the malls, were a kind of like musical trites as well. So, mm. you know, when the brought Praca Complex, you have the budding like, local Chinese music scene coming out called Xin Yao. They had a, a, a live concert again in 2014 that was made in a documentary in Peninsula Plaza. It was the punk rock scene in Center Point. Center Point was, um, and that stretch was more for breakdancing. Mm. In fact, um, there was one year that it got so bad that the police had to intervene and, and you know, like people were just breakdancing yeah. randomly on the street. Um, and mm-hmm. also, the authorities, in good Singaporean fashion, got the space in Sentosa, which you know kind of didn't w- work out that well. Subsequently, um, so yeah, they they have like you know different groups forming, and it's not that the the most deliberately uh, mm. get welcomed. Then you know people took the spaces. Uh, yeah. Subsequently, it's like Lucky Plaza too. You know uh, when it first started, glittering glamour. They never thought of it as a space for Filipinos together. That was never in the wildest imagination.
0: See, I'm I'm fascinated by this. Uh, Yeah, Kaikun, I'm fascinated by this because I often wonder, have we lost an element of that? Because malls now, not just in Singapore, but generally tend to be quite homogenous. You know, you have your fast food outlet here, you have your coffee outlet Mm -hmm. here. Whereas before, as you mentioned, this was known as the the punk mall and this was known as the the fashion the retro fashion mall and this was known as the have we lost a bit of that or are we bringing it back i know orchard central and 313 there's an element of that and i know that far east plaza is still hanging on yeah far east and, and, uh, and lucky, lucky plaza so, would you know, be the ones that i actually lucky plaza happens to be one of my favorite malls but <laughs> um uh, have we got rem- remnants of that uh kai kun
3: yeah, uh, definitely. So, I mean, it comes down to different business models. So, um, the previous generation of malls until the, the early 2000s were so-called strata title malls in which um, you have anchor tenants, but, you know, uh, individual units are individually owned by uh, different tenants. i not tenants, owners. So, within the confines of the law, you can do anything you want. You know, nobody cares, you know. So, in <laughs> places like Golden Mao right, you have, like, um, shops selling like Thai Buddhist. Amulets, you know, and the niche shop sells like extreme metal. No, so yeah, brilliant. <laughs> no, nobody cares. But in the uh, curated, what I call the curated malls, the REIT, REIT, Real Estate mm-hmm. Improvement uh, Trust. You know, with the market guarantee of consumer traffic um, that is centrally managed, is a uh, very uh, micro-manager uh, curated. Um, they want to see the design of your, your shop, your unit. They want to know what you're doing. Uh, so it's catered towards like family, sort of what the understanding of family-friendly environment, uh, which means predictability. So chain stores are prioritized, you know, yeah, because yeah. they bring in the predictable oh, profits for you. Yeah. So you get familiarity, but you do not get the kind of ageiness, you know. Mm. Uh, so if you go to a, a kind of a contemporary mall, you see your chain shops, you know where to get your... T shirt, you know, you know what's going to happen. Uh, you have baby changing facilities, so that's great, very clinical. But you know, if you want to start, a, start up your own business, you know, I want to sell like trinkets. it's going to be tricky,
1: right? Yeah, Lee yeah, right right Lin, uh, my family and I lived in Golden Mile Complex uh, for a oh, number of wow. years. Oh, and yeah. and the, uh, the the point I was going to make was certain malls like Golden Mile or Pearl Center. Or yeah. um, or Far East Plaza or Lucky Plaza that have housing units mm. integrated within seem to have a different flavor and and I speak from experience at, at Golden Mile Complex it was a very much a community flavor of course right. you know, yeah. Golden Mile Complex yeah. is known for the Thai uh, you know the Thai uh, sure. element there but uh, yeah. but there were many other you know traditional Chinese families that live there uh, yeah. and other kinds yeah. of couples but di- did you guys notice I-, I guess I can ask both of you did you notice uh, in your research that there was a not just a maybe segmentation of this is a punk mall or a music mall or a fashion mall, but also more community element to those malls that had maybe older malls, but also had housing incorporated into them. What do you think, Leland?
2: Hmm. Well, um, at that time, Centerpoint actually had some residential, I think oh, there were oh, some apartments oh, yeah, nearby okay. as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think you're right. There is some
1: the, there's some housing yeah. upstairs. Yep. And
2: also of its proximity to my school at that point of time, which was Singapore Chinese Girls' School, which was at Emerald Hill, tons of us would, you know, roll in. And, and also like KK said, because this was pre-Tinder and pre-everything, yeah. <laughs> right? We didn't, you know, like you only had pay phones and, you know, so you know, I mean, you know, there would be people there, you know, mingling. You know, uh, as my my teacher, my principal would say, BGR stuff. You know, um, what's so that? What's BGR? Boy girl relationship. Oh, <laughs> they were
0: so taboo that BGR. you had. To say it was BGR.
2: I can't believe
0: Linlin. Just I can't BGR. believe that had to have an acronym. Even yeah, even boy girl relations in B- Singapore has B- to have <laughs> an acronym. BGR stuff. And you know,
2: sometimes the guys would hang around the corner to see the girls come. You know, like. Girls. But anyway, and, and <laughs> you know, likewise, the girls would, you know, look at, at the boys. But um, when I was doing Gone Shopping, I found that Mustafa center had was really an interesting space mm. for me because it, um, because it was the first 24-hour mall and, and possibly yeah. still is, right, KK? I think it's oh, yeah. still the, the only 24-hour mall. And because at that time of its proximity to the red light district like Deska Road, you know, there were very interesting um, people and there were obviously a lot of tourists as Mm -hmm. well. Um, and, And I felt that that was a very interesting space that I wanted to explore um, for for my film Gone Shopping and um, and they were and I mean the the organized I mean the 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 people who, who ran the mall were also extremely receptive and I think among all the malls that we filmed in for Gone Shopping I felt the most welcome at Mustafa Center like people actually yeah. ce- celebrated that we were making a film in their mall. And I think it's got yeah. a lot to do with That's the fine. culture of the people who who are there, you know. Mm. That primarily they they are they're Indian and Malay and some tourists, and they you know their whole approach to making a film, you know, um, was was just seemed a lot more celebratory. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was a really cool experience for me and my team filming really so awesome. at, at Mustafa Centre. Yeah, great, awesome.
0: great more. one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Final question to you, Kai Kun. I have a theory on this. Tonight I'm going to England for the first time in three and a half years. And one of the Ah. things I'm most excited to do is go to lots of secondhand shops, which we don't really have many of in Singapore, reuse stuff, secondhand shops, quirky shops that sell retro this, retro that. I'm a big geek for that kind of thing. And I believe these things are cyclical. And I think we're already starting to see a slight shift back towards that, Kai Kun, in Singapore because every mall is essentially the same. But you're now seeing a younger generation who doesn't want that anymore they want my daughter's one of them they mm. want something that nobody else has and if that's something that's pre-used and pre-loved even better do you see ironically an orchard road are trying to bring this back that we might start to go back the other way kai kun to look for things more original for looks for things that are different and offbeat and quirky and edgy mm. to get people back into bricks and mortar shops what do you think about that um it's
3: I mean, they have a ministerial committee to look into rejuvenating Orchard Road. You can see the severity of the issues there. Mm. Uh, but I think I see it more in the older strata, tighter malls that uh, have more leeway for, for, for these activities. Right. Because that's a lot of money in in uh, in terms of rental you're talking about five digits a month you know yeah. um, and lots of, of, of bureaucracy uh, within the malls to go through so you have to look at the older malls to find these uh, little shops coming up you know and mm-hmm. um, so thankfully these malls perhaps offer the space for new businesses for different arrangements to come up so they are not it's not game over for them yet although the mm-hmm. temptations for uh, redevelopment are very real
1: yeah. yeah, great awesome. Point. Hey, thanks to you both for coming on to talk to us about the Singapore Mall Generation book. It is out now. Uh, those of you that grew up in the malls here or just interested in the history of them, uh, please do pick that up at your local bookseller. Uh, Dr. K.K. Kai Kai, uh, Liu, and who is the editor, and Wee Lee Lin, contributor and also filmmaker. Thanks to both of you for coming on uh, Saturday mornings today.
3: Thanks
2: for having (laughs) us. Have a good
1: trip
3: back, Anil, and um, have a good weekend, Glenn.
1: Thank you. you. All the best, and we'll see you in the mall. Bye bye.
3: (laughs) Bye bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our
0: podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.